Welcome to the Limitless Grit Podcast, where we have conversations with social entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and ordinary people who are achieving extraordinary results. And now, here is your host, Shristi Gajarel. Hey, what's up, you guys? Welcome to this week's episode of the Limitless Grit Podcast. In today's episode, I have Jessica Huey, who just came out with her book, Purpose. I read this book, and I finished it in two days because it was so good and helped me so much with my journey and with my life. And Jessica has an incredible story. So she was a teenage mom. She dropped out of school but decided to take her life back and she went back to school, became one of the most well-known well-known public relations expert in the UK, became an entrepreneur and she was really, really successful in her career but um, decided to go on a spiritual journey, spiritual path and find herself and you know she wrote this book which is I think is extremely honest and I think came from her heart and so I hope this episode adds value in your life as much as it has added value in my life. So without further ado, Jessica. Jessica, thank you so much for doing this podcast. Pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, I just read your book and I love it. But for my listeners who are not familiar with your work, if you want to give them a little background. Sure. I mean, the book is purpose find your truth and embrace your calling um and it's a book which I really you know you picked up on it I really wrote from the heart there wasn't any strategy which was I guess a departure from the rest of my career thus far um I started writing in the last few days of my dad's life so I was in this place where I guess for the first time I'd you know I'd had this career of 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 being on this constant hamster wheel of achieving and, you know, focused on the next goal and um, the next achievement. And really this was the first time where I stopped doing and I was in a real, a real kind of, um, I was in the present moment. Mm-hmm. I was being because every moment counted so much. And it was about three o'clock in the morning when I, I picked up a pen and just started to just write Um and actually, that that piece of writing has has gone on to become probably the most powerful chapter in the book, um, surrender. Um, but yeah, there were, at that time when I began to write, there was no um, there was no focus on it. wasn't for anything. It was just because you know. So it was a real stream of consciousness, and that that evolved into this book. Um, and here I am. It, I loved um, the chapter because it's so practical. And one thing you talked about was like how we always try to be in control and that's actually hindering us from achieving our biggest um you know adventure our our biggest goal in life and I am a victim of it I love controlling and surrendering is one thing that I've been struggling for the longest time in my life and what was the point when you realized like I can't live like this anymore and what did you do to be in a process of surrendering I don't think I did anything. It, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't intentional. Um, as I said, you know, I'm, I've been a complete control freak and perfectionist and, 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 and that does pay dividends sometimes because you're so focused on making things happen. And I've seen it through, you know, I've had an incredible, incredibly exciting career in media, working with, you know, some of the biggest names in the world and traveling all over and interviewing stars. And, you know, I've, I've, I've done, I've packed a lot in. 
Um, and then even as an entrepreneur starting, you know, the, the leading um, multicultural greeting line in, in the country when there were no multicultural cards representing the, the society that we live in. Um, so my doing and, and focus on accomplishing certainly paid dividends in that way, but it, it didn't make me happy. You know, there were moments of happiness, um, but that way of living isn't sustainable. You know, we, we, we tend to burn out um, or often there's a disconnect between, um, you know, our, our outward achievement, but, you know, our, our connection to ourself. Um, and what happened in, in that period with, with my, my dad um, was that, yeah, I didn't feel, you know, for my whole life, I'd felt like whatever happened in my life and showed up was really rested on my shoulders. Um, and for the first time, I, I didn't feel able to 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 do it on my own. And I kind of, you know, sort of looked to the sky and literally asked for help. And um, yeah, so that process of surrender, which was something which kind of which kind of happened um, <laughs> as opposed to me making a decision to do it, you know. Um, but I guess if you if you if you have, you know, and it requires faith, which is something that we don't talk about very much. Um, and even, even for me, you know, to, I, I hear myself speak today and I don't recognize the person because it's not a language or a way of thinking or being that, um, has been, has been, you know, it's new to me. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was very life-changing that, that entire period of my life. And, and now I have no, rather than having a belief that there is more than that, which we can see and touch, um, it's it's an unquestionable knowing, um, which has really changed the way that I live my life. I, I know I'm supported by something that's much bigger than this body, um, which is which is a real relief, actually. Mm. You know, it doesn't just rest on on our shoulders. Talk about meditation. Do you feel like meditation has helped you to get to the point you are now? And um, like, how often do you meditate? Yeah, med meditation, it has, you know, but I think there are many different ways that we can reconnect with, with ourself, you know, that the, ultimately, there are lots of different themes covered in the book, but the book purpose is all about stripping back the layers of, of us that we've, you know, we've built up over the years, you know, from the moment we, we start out, um, as babies with this blank canvas and then, you know, through social conditioning and our parents' ideologies and their parents' ideologies, which are all passed down um, and society's expectations, we end up being somebody who's actually quite disconnected from the truth of who we are, which is much deeper. So the book is an invitation to strip back those layers and reconnect with that true self and really get to, you know, come to know ourselves and what's meaningful to us and what is it that lights us up. And, and build a life from that space with our innate gifts mm. and, and values rather than living the life that somebody else um, or even we often think we should be living, you know. And once we connect with the truth of who we are um, and start to build a life from that space, things start to flow because we're suddenly in alignment with our truth um, and we're not battling anymore. We're not having to force outcomes Things have a way of just sort of coming to us. We still take action and you can still be very, I'm still very ambitious, um, but my approach is very different today. Mm. You mentioned it was so powerful. You said ambition was a plaster, work was my drug and I was functioning addict. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, I think it is because, you know, this constant, I mean, I started out my life as a, a young mom 
so, you know, I was, was seven, 18 when my daughter was born and I had so much to prove, I felt. Prove to the world, you know, prove to the people that had written me off and prove to myself. And so I was carried by this desire to um, to be enough, you know, which I and I never got to that point of feeling enough, which is, you know, it's this insatiable need to keep achieving. And it took me to Downing Street and, and to being honoured by Prince Charles at Buckingham Palace and all these wonderful awards and accolades. But if you haven't, I hadn't stopped you know, I, 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 I just kept doing in order to not have to be with myself um, and face myself. So it was just a way of not, um, yeah, of staying disconnected. You know, some people have alcohol, some people have drugs. For me, it was work. Um, and I didn't know I was doing it. But as I said, once I was in that space of just being because, you know, my dad was nearing the end of his life, it was just such a different space where, suddenly the clock stopped, you know, and I couldn't tell you which day it was. And I was just very, very present. And there was so much clarity and and, and learning and, and growth within that process. Um, yeah. Wow. So, you know, like, I lost my parents as well. And those times were the hardest. Yet I learned so much from that time because you feel like, it can't really happen to me. Like, I'm, I don't think I will never lose someone I love. But then you see them go and it just shifts. Like, it, something inside you changes. And in a way, I feel like I've grown the most after my mom and after my dad had passed away. Even if it was, like, the hardest time in my life, I feel like I re-identified myself of who I was after that time. How did um, losing your dad affect you? And like, how were you able to grow after that process? Because you mentioned that in your book as well. Yeah, I, I relate completely. There's, you know, it was it, it was the, mo the hardest. The, it is the hardest mm -hmm. thing, um, particularly when you have a close relationship as, as I did. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, you know, I remember there was uh, a lady from Macmillan, which is our sort of support service for cancer, for families with with can people who have cancer. And, and um, they're amazing. And I remember this lady saying to me, some of the times near the end can be the most special. And at the time, I didn't understand, but I, I, I came to understand. And it was just, you know, when you get past superficial mm -hmm. conversation, you know, those those things that seem so um, important in everyday life there's real beauty there because it's just the truth and you know something about um, that space between life and death meant that roles fell away you know I wasn't his daughter he wasn't my father we were just two souls and you know the interaction was so pure and 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 real and honest uh, it was very beautiful and I found a lot of the conversations I had during that period with doctors and and carers were just had a had a depth and a meaning to them, um, which is so unlike anything that we do in everyday life. And that's the truth. That's that's who you know. That's who we are. It's not these. Our identity is not what's on our business card. It's not our bank balance. It's not the color of our skin. It's none of those things. It's it's much deeper, and we're connected. And when we 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 sort of shift past the superficial small talk and connect on a deep level. Um, the interaction is very powerful. Um, and yeah, the book is an invitation to live that way, you know, to build businesses with that level of truth and depth and 
um, and meaning and, and build our lives that way. And, and it, they'd be very different. Why do you think people are more comfortable being superficial in terms of their interaction with other people rather than just being who they are? I think it's an, I think it's there's a number of reasons. Um, I mean, I would say that, you know, writing a book like Purpose was was really like a coming out in many ways, because this isn't the the dialogue that I've you know, I've done many speaking events and and, and written articles and things. And it, it stemmed it stemmed from a very different space, which is vulnerable. And it's it's not the norm um but yeah, it's liberating, you mm-hmm. know, when, when you do, it, it's liberating to step into that and not care what people think anymore. You know, we're so held back by judgment of judgment of others mm-hmm. um, and by a need to fit in. But the irony is that the more we try to fit in with others and other cliques and groups, the less we belong to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's in coming home to yourself, you, you often do create distance between others, but you know, equally, there are many people who will find you, you know, your people will find you when you show up as who you are, and you stop hiding behind a website URL, or, mm-hmm. you know, a business card or an accolade. Um, I think it's fear, I think, you know, we're all ultimately, we all want to belong, and, and to fit in. Um, but it's not a real belonging, if it's not based on substance and truth, um, and authenticity. And it doesn't make you happy. Wow. Um, I want to go back to when you were 17 years old. So you were 17, you were pregnant, you left your school, and you're living in a really bad neighborhood. And a few years after that, you are this uh, publicist, and, um, and you are really, really successful. How did that happen? And what steps did you take to go from being broke and pregnant to being so successful and living in one of the most expensive, expensive neighborhoods in uh, England? <laughs> um, um, well, I, I think it's a, I had a lot of, I've had a lot of support. I've had a lot of support. You know, as soon as I went back to college, my, my parents were very supportive of me. Um, and there've been many people along the way who have seen something in me often before I've seen it in myself um, which has given me something to step into a bigger version of me to step into, but equally I worked very hard, you know, I worked very hard and I recognized, um, and I still work hard, you know, Mm -hmm. I recognized that, um, you know, there was a choice between mediocrity or creating a life for my daughter and I, and I, I opted for the latter. And again, there was this real driving force of, you know, having to prove myself, which did propel me, as much as it, you know, as much as it, it brought me um, sort of external success, it, 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 and it gave me happiness in a momentary way. Um, but we all, you know, the truth of what's going on behind all the behind the show always catches up with us eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spent a long time trying to fix myself, you know, behind the scenes of, of all of this success. You know, the thing that comes with success is you're mm-hmm. known for doing something you know you're known you're you're even more hemmed to this product which which is you or this brand this idea of who you are um and as we get older you know we have responsibilities and 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 bills and all of these things and families so it can be it it can be a real challenge to be honest and say this isn't making me happy I need Mm -hmm. 
there's there's more but I, I don't and, and then I, often we don't know what that more is mm-hmm. and I'd kind of got to that stage just before my dad became ill and, and it was quite a panicky feeling because for the first time in my life I, I knew you know I'd faced up to the fact I needed to do something different and I had no idea what that was um so yeah but that you know we the only way we can connect with with that is by getting to know ourselves you know to sort of reconnect with what are the things that bring me joy? What do I really care about? Who am I mm. beneath these layers that I've 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 layered on throughout my life in order to fit um, and be valid, mm. you know, in somebody else's estimation? Uh, so that that um, that that process has uh, and it's ongoing. You know, our purpose isn't something which is stagnant. I think you know, as we go through life and we grow. It's about being brave enough to follow those little lights of inspiration and, and moments where we have ideas, which, you know, I think ideas are gifts to be pursued and explored. But so often they strike us and we just, you know, we disregard them. You know, the, the, the joy is when we are, we are courageous enough to step into that that calling. Yeah. No, and things true. get easier from that space. That's true. And it takes faith to step into that calling as well. And for a lot of people, it comes back to controlling because, you know, once to have faith, you have to let go of your fear and believe. And for most people, including myself, most of the time, it's like the hardest thing. Yeah, it's like letting go of the sides of the swimming pool, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and you, you can't swim. And the thing about a comfort zone is that, you know, it, ironically, it isn't that comfortable because, you know, if we keep doing what we've always done, we can absolutely predict what will we're going to get, you know, mm-hmm. there's nothing, there's no expansion within, within that. And it's, it's about being brave enough to step out without knowing what the future is going to hold without having, you know, that, that attachment to an outcome. Um, but that's where the growth is. The growth is in the stepping and, and, um, yeah, things that possibilities are there, you know, and, and there's so much, there's so much that we can't predict, I mean, when I when I started um, Colorblind Cards, which is this multicultural mm-hmm. greeting card brand, you know, it, it all came because I was looking for a card for my daughter and realized there was nothing in the shops that was representative. And so I thought in that moment, this is something I need to do. Um, and, you know, years later, I went on to be invited to meet with the prime minister and get this award from the palace and deliver assemblies to school children in South Africa and amazing experiences that I could have never predicted, you know, from that spark of an idea. But that's the beauty. That's the beauty in the leap. Yeah. You know, you 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 have no idea. It's beyond your comprehension. Yeah. But it's trusting in that. Yeah, I, it's trusting in that. Yeah, I read that card story and you almost gave up, but this five-year-old kid just ran to your uh, booth and that changed your perspective. Yeah, we'd been we'd just started and it was um Notting Hill Carnival, which is our big carnival event over here, which is very multicultural. And I thought, perfect, that's the perfect place to sell multicultural greeting cards. But actually no one buys cards at carnival. People drink and they party <laughs> and they eat jerk chicken and stuff. And um so we'd hardly sold any cards and lots of people were walking past and saying, Oh, great, great idea. And then just before the end of the weekend, we hadn't even, you know, made a return on the investment of having this this stall. And this little boy comes over and he says, that's me, that's me, that's me. (laughs) And he identified himself. He saw himself in these cars. It wasn't him, but he saw another black child 
and and related and that was that was it you know that you can't put a price on that feeling of 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 creating something which impacts another human being like that's the essence of what this is all about for me yeah. uh, and I think for all of us and you know when we find a way to build a living because you can be profit profitable you know you're much more likely to be abundant and and when you you tap into that connection that we have uh and it, it's no longer just about the self and our own personal um progression yeah and that moment you know you feel that it's it's intangible but huge and and that was the, the thing that that drove me drove me forward Wow. And I think it's so powerful to be able to identify with yourself, with someone that you can see yourself being. I think that kind of gives you a courage to realize like I too can be like that individual. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that was the book, you know, that's why the book is, is really part memoir, but it's also a sharing of my, my journey and it's very honest and, um, that's what people are connecting with, which is really special. Yeah. I'm a, or I'm in my early 20s, and um, a lot of my friends are in their 20s as well. And this book was particularly powerful to me because it talks about purpose and finding your purpose and being someone who had worked in a banking environment. And I have friends who have worked in companies that they aren't particularly in love with, but they just feel like that's something they have to do because they have no idea what they want to do with their life. So for someone who is in their early 20s struggling to find their purpose, um, what would be your advice for them? First of all, I would say, you know, everything that you're doing now um, has a value. You know, they'll, you're, you're getting to know you, even if it's in the sense that it's a bit of a process of elimination. You know, who aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um for me, when I look back at my career, as much as there were moments where I, I, I became very aware that the environment I, I was in and the values that um, reigned over that, that sector or, or, or agency um, were not in line with my own personal values, which were becoming clearer as I got into my, into my 20, you know, late 20s, um, that was useful because it, I was becoming aware of, of who I was and, and what wasn't right for me. And, and even then there was valuable learning and, and connections and experiences, which just took me to my next phase. But I guess the key is, 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 is knowing when to leap, you know, knowing when it's mm. time to move on because you start to feel, um, you know, feel yourself becoming smaller in a space, which isn't where you're meant to be you know, ultimately we should be happy. We should, we should, and there will be challenges of course, but, but ultimately knowing you have a choice, you know, you're not, not, you're not stuck. Um, it's, and often the biggest obstacle between where we are and want to, where we want to get to is our perception of how possible it is to get to where we want to get to, not any real obstacle that exists. And once we know that, then we can really start to take responsibility for the stories that we're telling ourselves. Um, the, you know, the narratives that we have around our own ability and capacity to, to create our lives. Uh, so it's about taking responsibility for everything that you have, all of your circumstances. Um, you also talk a lot about inner conversation or inner dialogue. How important is it to constantly check what you're telling yourself? Because I feel like as women, we're like constantly saying, oh, I look fat or, oh, I don't look pretty or, oh, 
I'm not good enough. And I feel like that is actually affecting our lives. So how important is it to be conscious about what you're telling yourself? It's it's hugely important to be conscious of, of what you're telling yourself because everything that we, you know, it's impossible to have a successful, thriving um, business or, or, you know, prof- professional life if personally we don't have a good relationship with ourselves. You know, we might maintain that for a while, but it will catch up with us. And it really does start with, you know, becoming conscious of, of the word, the words that we use, you know, to describe our, our uh, capability, um, describe ourselves. You know, we hear a lot about, about, about gratitude, but, you know, we need to also apply that own gratitude to ourselves and, and our achievements and be our own best friend. You know, one of the most powerful affirmations that I, I heard recently was, today I'll be my own best friend. And when you really digest that, what that means, you know, sometimes the way that we speak to ourselves, you know, this kind of mental dialogue that we have um, when we make a mistake or when we don't live up to our own expectations, you know, nobody, we wouldn't allow anyone else to speak to us that way, the way that we speak to ourselves. So, you know, when we start to nurture that that kind of healthy relationship with self and, and real, really love ourselves. You know, it, 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 a lot of this comes down to just self-love and loving yourself enough to give yourself the life that you want. Um, but we have to be, we have to gear ourselves up with the tools internal, internally as well as externally in order to create that, that, that next chapter. Is there any affirmation that you tell yourself or do you have a morning routine that uh, you follow every morning? I'd say the most important ones are carving out that space between the time that I wake up and, you know, the time that I, I get out of my bed. Um, you know, I, I, I used to be the person that turned over and immediately checked emails. I don't do that now because it's that influx of information and expectation and everybody else's stuff, you know? So first of all, I reconnect with myself and I do that by, you know, it might be meditation. It might be a little like a 15 minute YouTube yoga. Um, you know, I write my 10 things I'm grateful for in the last 24 hours just to put oh, wow. myself in a, yeah, I've never heard put, that 24 hour, 10 things you're grateful for. Yeah. To every day, every day. So it just keeps me in a, uh, you know, in a, in a more kind of uplifted frequency. Because otherwise, without doing that, the temptation is to, which is very natural and human, is to slip into into a space of lack. You know, what's not going well, you know, and, and that's a slippery slope from lack into depression and mm. unhappiness. So I'm constantly reminding myself of all that I have and all that I'm blessed um, with. And it could be just the sun shining through the window or, you know, my, my boy climbing into bed for a cuddle or ev- and everything and anything it starts me on a kind of even plateau and a blank canvas. So I'm not just reacting, you know, otherwise my day is a series of reactions. We want to be in a, operating from our kind of highest self where mm. we're able to receive information and make decisions based on a, a calm state of mind. That's meditation being equanimous. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I think there are lots of different ways that we can achieve that. Uh, but meditation is 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 powerful and and it's become a, a much bigger part of my life. Is there any specific kind of meditation you do? Um, do you follow 
um, like TM or anything else, or uh, what kind of meditation do you do? Um, sometimes I'll listen to guided meditations if I feel like my my brain is particularly chatty. It's useful to have another voice um, to focus on. And other times it's just me silently sitting, you know, on my yoga mat, eyes closed, focusing on my breath. Um, whatever it, I, I think the how is less for me is less important than the than the doing it. That you know, getting into that silence and um, in the process, it's a reminder that you know I'm not this body, um, and and trying to keep that connection throughout my my interactions in my day. As yeah. challenging as that often is, and it was so powerful when you wrote. It's not about how long you do it. The most important part is being consistent, and that is something I personally struggle in my life. But when I do it, I see how my day is so different than when I'm not doing it. Yeah, yeah. it's a habit, though. It's like anything, and you know, often we are. You know, in my case, it's like I'm 38 years old now, so it's it's many years of. Um, changing the less useful habits which aren't conducive to the, the the woman that I am and the woman I'm becoming um, and replacing them with new habits which are leading me to where I'm headed mm. yeah that yeah. is powerful um any books you would recommend to our listeners gosh apart from mine <laughs> um there's been so many books which have impacted me I mean uh I'm a big fan of all of Wayne Dyer's work I'm listening um, to him right now, actually. Are you really? Yeah. Which book are you listening to? I have Audible. So I'm listening to um, this 14-hour Audible called Ultimate Library by Wayne okay. Dyer. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, Wayne Dyer, uh, Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay, yeah. Eckhart, Eckhart Tolle, Maya Angelou, um, so many, James Baldwin. Anything that's expansive, it's not It's not all about um, self-help, you know, it, there's history, but it's anything which is expansive that, for me, I like to nourish my soul with that. Um, wow, I, I love all of them. They're amazing. Um, what advice would you give to your 20-year-old self? The advice I would give to my 20-year-old self would be, don't be so hard on yourself. <laughs> Take a moment. <laughs> yeah. I've interviewed like 50 people and every single person has says that. Like, don't be too hard really? on yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, be nice, be kind to you. <laughs> yeah. Any movies or documentaries um, that you love? Gosh, I haven't, I haven't watched it. I, in fact, that's not true. The last film that I watched was A Wrinkle in Time <laughs> with my kids. Um, and before that, it was probably Wild, which I got on, like, a, I know it's, it's not a new film, but, um, yeah, Reese Witherspoon, Wild. I loved that. I related to it in many ways as well. Yeah, I love that too. Um, last question, what is your definition of courage? Courage for me is the willing to do the right thing as opposed to the easy thing. Wow. And also if people want to find you, where can they find you? And um, I know you will be in New York City on May 30th. So I will put that link on my show notes. But um, her book is Purpose, Find Your Truth and Embrace the Calling. Embrace Your Calling. So I'll put all the link on my show notes. But where can people find you? So my handle on social is Jessica Huey, 
M-B-E, and that's H-U-I-E, Huey. Um, and my website is jessicahuey.com. Awesome. I'll put everything on my show notes as well. Thank you so much, Jessica. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course. Nice talking to you. Hey guys, thank you so much for watching the episode. It really means a lot. And if this podcast has added value in your life, then please subscribe, leave a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe on iTunes and leave a comment so I can have more incredible people like Jessica. And I'll talk to you guys next week.